Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to St. Sons. I wonder what makes you angry this morning? You know, what really gets under your skin? For me, usually it's trivial things, things that um, don't seem that significant on the surface. Here's a quick test. Which of these three things really gets to you? <clears throat> Someone who drives terribly right by you. Someone who pushes in front of you in a queue, even in a Covid queue, and Brits are so great at queuing, we think. A family member who won't let go of the TV remote. Anger and righteousness and all those things are kind of big things in our lives. And today we're joining with thousands of churches all around the world <clears throat> and devoting time to something called Freedom Sunday. Taking time to consider freedom, about the, the issue of slavery, and praying and acting to see its end. Slavery happens because desperately vulnerable people are attacked by viciously violent people who think they can get away with it. For some of us, the idea that slavery exists in 2020 might be a bit of a surprise. I mean, wasn't it abolished over 200 years ago? I mean, sadly not. The abolitionist movement led by people like William Wilberforce, who we celebrate here at St Swithin's where Wilberforce married, did so much to end the transatlantic slavery uh, trade. But the sad truth is that while that aspect of the slave trade has ended, over 40 million people, women, men and children, are slaves today around the world. Some are sold for sex, some are forced into work in brick kilns, in quarries, in fishing fleets, without any pay whatsoever. All of them are abused, all of them are mistreated and subject to terrible violence and oppression. Christians celebrate the sanctity of life, that every person is created in God's image, made to have a hope and a future. And although those who are trapped in slavery might now might be unseen to us or even far away from us, God still knows each one of them by name and is precious to them. So let me read this morning's reading from Exodus 3, verses 1 to 14. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. The priest of Midian, he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. 
have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to the rescue from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out into the land of good and space that's good and spacious. A land flowing with milk and honey. <clears throat> the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I wonder what you feel when you see a video or an article on the television about slavery of people maybe across the world in India or people abused in the UK. What emotion it stirs up. Is it anger? Do you really get angry or do you get more angry about cues? Or are you ambivalent about people suffering like that? See, that's what happened. God felt righteously concerned and angry when he saw his people suffering here. <clears throat> and when the people he loved were trapped in slavery. We read it just before the reading we had in Exodus 2:23. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. The word in the NIV saying concern doesn't quite do it justice. The NLT described as God knew it was time to act. It was time to bring freedom to the entire people. And his plan to bring freedom to the whole nation started with bringing a single person to freedom. And that person was Moses. In Exodus 3 we read that story of God meeting Moses. Moses was happily getting on with his life. He had a family, he had a business, and he was looking after his flock. Then Yahweh interrupted him. Yahweh got Moses' attention with a miracle involving a bush that burned but didn't burn up. And once he had Moses' attention, God gave him a job. <clears throat> he commanded Moses to go back to Pharaoh by far the biggest slave owner of the day, and tell him to let the Israelites go free. Moses was enlisted into God's plan for freedom. I wonder whether we still think that God is looking for people to go to the modern slave owners like Pharaoh, today's slave owners, and traffickers and say, let my people go. Moses' first reaction was absolute fear and panic. Who am I? in Exodus 3.11. Or maybe, God, I cannot possibly do that. That's ridiculous that you're asking me to do that. <clears throat> I wonder whether you've ever felt that yourself. 
Do you sense that God might be calling you to get involved? I can't possibly do that. Who am I? Who am I? What qualifications do I have? What can I really do to bring freedom to such a big issue? Remember what God said to Moses at the burning bush. I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying. So I've come down to rescue them. So now go. I am sending you. The problem was that Moses felt terribly inadequate for the task. Who am I? I think you've got the wrong person. If you want to make a difference, I'm not the person you should call God. And God responded to Moses in two ways with Moses' protests. First, God reveals to him who he really is. He tells Moses his name. He invites his Moses into an intimate relationship with him. He gives Moses signs that he is with him and he promises to go with him wherever he goes. The answer to an impossible task is a relationship, firstly, with an amazing God who is with us. When we say, I'm not up to it, God says, I am. You know, if we're facing challenges beyond us this morning, but beyond our power, remember God's power is sufficient for all the challenges and the evil in the world. So maybe facing challenges beyond us will mean we stop leaning on our own strength, our own power, our own gifts, our own abilities, our own wisdom, and start to lean on God. And start trusting in God's power, God's wisdom, God's strength. And for us, that starts with prayer. You know, will I turn to God for his strength and his power today? Will I come before him faithfully in prayer, asking for his help? The second way in which God responded to Moses was to give him a team. God never intends us to fight great evil on our own, to great fight battles on our own. He gives us community. For Moses, it was his brother Aaron and the Israelite leaders. Not everyone can be Moses, but we all can play our part. Remember a few weeks ago when we looked at the two midwives, Shifra and Pua in Exodus 1, they opened the door for the whole story of freedom. They played a part in the story to bring freedom to many, many thousands. So my challenge to us this morning is simple. <clears throat> Will you start with me this morning in praying together to cry out to God for an end to the sweatshops and the brothels, the fishing ships and the factories? And will you knock on the doors of heaven for grace and wisdom and power, for freedom for those working <clears throat> on the front line and the investigators, the lawyers, the social workers and the community carers to bring an end to slavery in its modern forms? <clears throat> William Wilberforce said there are three things that will end slavery, that were, that were needed to destroy slavery. Awareness, uh, prayer, and money. You know, we as a church could do something to stop the evil that values money more than human life around the world. This morning, let's join God's freedom cry to the captives, God's freedom movement to the captive and the oppressed. And offer what we have, however small it may be, to bring freedom to others. <clears throat> Not every one of us can be a Moses. 
but each one of us can make a difference like the midwives. You know, we live in a city that's seen by others as having benefited massive by slavery. I live just along from Beckford's Tower, who's seen as one of the kind of um, particularly offensive slave owners over time. But we live, we also worship in a church where we celebrate Wilberforce. You know, we have slave owners in our past in a world where violence and oppression are still very real and commonplace but that are very little different, just maybe in a different form. And greed is a constant temptation to us where we are. Each one of us can make a real difference by living out of the free, gracious kingdom of God. God's kingdom come, God's will be done here in Bath as it is in heaven. We each have a part to pray. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you and we pray your kingdom come this morning, that your will would be done on earth, that your righteousness would flow like a river, a never-ending stream. Thank you for freedom in Christ. Release us, we pray, and help us release others. In Jesus' name. Amen.